This is Friend of the Family, created by C. Paris and is a Strange and Unusual production. Please visit our website at strangeandunusual.com. That's S-T-R-A-N-G-E-N-U-N-U-S-U-A-L.com. Thank you. Welcome back, dear listeners, to Friend of the Family. Tonight, instead of beginning with Alice and her pet monster, we find ourselves a generation ago. It is late October in the distant land of the early 80s, at a small camp in Illinois called Paris Lake. A placid and calm surface belies the danger of the water where only a day ago, a child has died. The local sheriff investigates. Lubin, it's a hell of a thing, a child drowning like that. A hell of a thing, Sheriff. What do you think is going to happen to those kids? What let it happen? If there's any justice in the world can be visited on them, I bet it's a harsh one. But it's Mama that's on my mind. I can't suspect she's taking this at all that well. Heck no, Deputy. But those kids should be getting what's coming to them. What's that going to be? They didn't kill the boy. They were just a little too busy comparing drawers to be watching them. Yeah, but they were supposed to be watching them. That's criminal negligence and reckless endangerment. If they are ever able to get out from under the law, the media will get them, and if that's not enough, their own conscience will surely take them to task. What about the mother? What if she comes down on them? Well, not surprising. Two wrongs don't make a right, Deputy Lubin. True enough, Sheriff. We almost done dredging the lake? Surely. If that poor boy's body is still down there, we'll find it. Unless he got up and walked away. The dead don't do that, Lubin. Not around here. The naive but folksy sheriff was right, of course, my listeners. For a while, anyway. We rejoin our leads as they make their way to the now mostly forgotten campgrounds of Camp Paris Lake. I'm bored. You've mentioned. Well, then do something about it. It's your job to assist me in hunting monsters, not my job to keep you entertained. Do a Mad Lib or something. You need at least two people for a Mad Lib. I'll give you a noun then, dirtbag. I don't want to play with you, you suck at Mad Libs. Look, Uncle Lauren said we just need to clear up these killings and we can go. Some developer needs the place safe for his new venture as soon as possible. I remember. I was there when he went on and on about it. I know you were there, but you never listen. Why the hell would you have? Well, I'm still bored. Well, what do you want me to do? I want you to walk faster and get to the stupid campground. There's still another two miles of dense forest between us and the campgrounds proper. I'm going on ahead then. Fine, you big baby. With a childish (laughs) grin and a burst of speed, Asmodeus ran off into the night in the general direction of the campground. Coming upon the campground... Asmodeus quickly picks up the soft sound of amorous teenagers. Amateurish teenagers would be more the phrase. The eavesdropping vampire, showing a not-at-all-surprising lack of decency, settled in to be a peeping Tom. Yes, because that's so very different from what you are doing. I, 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 yeah. Right, let's both give a listen. Come on, Connie, there's no one around. Let's get busy. I don't know, Billy, it's just... There have been so many murdered sexy teens this summer. Only like four or five. Besides, I could deal with any lunatic with a machete that could show up. They're sort of going on and on, aren't they? They're teenagers. One can't expect them to be 
expert Casanovas. The girl sounds cute enough, but I have to say the boy sounds lost. You leave them alone. Make me, oh disembodied big fat stupid voice. The arrogant, forgetful vampire approached the door, but found himself unable to open it. As he is, again, a vampire, and thus incapable of walking in on anyone in a room without being invited. Oh, shut up. Ah! A monster! But he didn't. But I didn't. Oh! Asmodeus went to a window and saw the creature in question. Just inside the room, he could see a very large man with a long, wicked-looking machete. He has a bloody sword. It's a machete. The monstrous man swung repeatedly on the poor unguarded teens. Oh, ah, oh my body, ouch. Shame on you, you should help them. How? I can't enter the building, remember? Fine. The poor, powerless vampire, completely devoid of the strength and ability to save the seemingly doomed teens. No, don't kill me, bro. Ah. Billy? Billy! Help me! Somebody help! He killed Billy! The seemingly doomed teen. I could save her. You have no idea what I'm capable of, little man. Prove it then. Save her. I don't have to prove anything to you. The girl, an attractive young gymnast with long blonde hair and clear skin, dived away from a crushing blow from the horror. Her long, smooth legs, no doubt a runner, served her well as she slipped past the monster. A runner. She narrowly escapes another crash from the beast. <coughs> Her fate seems sealed, however, as the vampire Asmodeus can do nothing to help. How dressed is she? Barely. Fine. Finally giving in, Asmodeus found a rock and smashed the window. The voiceless creature turns slowly, giving the young Connie just enough time to escape through a doorway. He stands easily over six feet tall. Beneath an old and damaged catcher's mask, hidden in shadows, resides a face destroyed by the elements, all rotting meat and bone. He turns again and continues hunting his prey. He ignored me? Oh, that's it. The vampire and the behemoth met on the other side of the shack. Hey, come here, you. Help me! Shut up, this isn't about you. Asmodeus flies at the creature who rears his machete back in what is meant to be a crushing blow. He is, however, too slow, as the exceedingly quick vampire gets around behind him. Ha! Got your liver! Got your liver! Oh, well, that was disappointing. <laughs> oh, stop blubbering. I already took care of the monster. See? His liver? You're not going to be much fun, are you? Come on, will you stop? You're starting to annoy me. Asmodeus, you leave her alone. Gladly, she won't shut up. Let's go home. I'm sorry, what did he do? <laughs> I saved her sad sack life is what I did. This big chatty dead guy was trying to kill her. I heroically saved her. See? The liver? What are you talking about? What dead guy? He's gone? What are you talking about? Come on, tell her! He... he killed Billy! Asmodeus, I can't leave you alone for one second! She's not talking about me! What is going on? There was some sort of juggernaut! He killed her little boyfriend and she started screaming. I heroically stepped forward to save her. 
I removed his liver. And then he took your arrival to slip away. Is it a zombie? Smells badly enough to be. Well, where did he go? How should I know? Can't you use your stupid vampire powers to track him? Vampire powers don't work like that. I've seen you track things a hundred times by scent. Oh, right. I can do that. Wait, did you forget? Shut up. Asmodeus sniffed the air to track the behemoth. The tangy, spoiled flesh scent was easy to pick up in the clean night air. With a dramatic flourish, Asmodeus points just past Alice towards the docks of the small lake. That way. Really? You think? Do you think the snippy attitude helps? Come on! What about the girl? Come on! They race down to the rickety wooden dock, where they find the big smelly man bringing a woodcutter's axe down on a scared young man dressed in plain white shorts and a matching polo shirt. Alice lets fly with a dagger from inside her sleeve. It flies true and entails his hand, knocking the swing off balance. Hey, ugly! Over here! Oh, how original. Seemingly more interested in the hunter, the jumpsuited creature lumbers forward. Okay, so he's definitely not a regular human. Should I take his head? Asmodeus! I order you not to take his head! What? Come on! You go low and I'll take his head. Can you even order me to do that? I don't know, maybe? Call it an experiment. What's the experiment? I'll use my axe, you use your hands, you take his legs, I'll take his head. That doesn't sound very scientific. Is this some sort of trick? No! Listen, I want to take him out. I haven't gotten to behead anything in forever. That's... Wow, he is just taking forever to get over here. I know. Man, he's slow. You are crazy slow! I'll drive you to the video store. What? Let me kill it, and I'll drive you to the video store. You can rent whatever movie you want. You're buying. Fine. Two movies. Fine! Three. Asmodeus! Fine, two, but I want popcorn. You can't eat popcorn! I'm going to give it to Mina. Fine, I'll buy Mina some popcorn. No deal, I want to give it to her. I hate you. I'm taking his head then. Whenever, jerk bag. <laughs> jerk bag? Shut up, is he here yet? Oh, yes, actually. In a frankly surprising feat of synergy, Alice deflects the axe blow into a support beam for the dock. Asmodeus slips by its legs, ruining both knees in one bloody swath. The creature, now hobbled, falls to his bloody stumps, as its lower legs, now ruined, stand unburdened with the weight of the creature. Alice swings her axe with force. The creature is felled! That was fun, actually. Woo! High five! No. Yeah, never mind. So, how's that guy we saved? Tinklepants? Whimpering at the end of the dock. Alice and her vampire walk up slowly to the pea-sodden and scared young man. Hey, Tinklepants, you can get up now. Asmodeus! Hello, sir. Are you hurt? Because you're safe now. That thing killed Melissa. Who's Melissa? Asmodeus, seemingly already aware, goes to the end of the dock and looks over to find the body of a mostly naked young woman. Her neck at the wrong angle. He, he killed her. We were gonna go steady. Is this a thing with young people nowadays? Everyone comes to a creepy campground to have sex? Can you people afford a hotel? Another couple? That, that's gross. Why were you doing that here? We <laughs> thought it would be sexy. That's dumb. Can we go now? Ah! What now? 
Back on dry land, standing very near the messy bloodstain where the creature had fallen, was the scared young woman from the cabin, backing away from the beast. She walked backwards onto the dock, seemingly incapable of making a more rational decision. It's Mason! He's back! Asmodeus, go save the girl! The vampire seemingly blinks away and returns with the girl in his arms, clutching him and whimpering. You can't kill Mason! He'll just keep coming back! But we just did. No, no! He's punishing us! Those camp counselors let him die, and he won't rest until he has his revenge. It's the legend of Paris Lake. He fainted. He'll never rest until he's punished everyone. Well, he's all the way at the end of the dock, so I guess we have a few minutes. Tell me the legend. But do try and be amusing about it. The fearful young woman went into detail. A poor, simple child drowned because of horny and irresponsible camp counselors. His occasional returns, ending in the deaths of several teens. His mother swearing revenge for his death, and Mason eager to prove her right. Each visitation seemingly upping the body count always the same way. Sexy teens go to the camp lake and are slaughtered just as they begin their awkward petting. There was even one time Mason had ridden a boat to a major city, but it wasn't a very compelling outing. And don't even get me started about the time he went into space. And he always comes back? Every time he's killed, he just gets to come back. That's not very sporting. Wait, but it was his mother who swore revenge, so it should be over once we find her and- No! She died a long time ago! He still comes back! That doesn't even make sense. So, what, he just hates sexy teenagers? And being ignored, apparently. And he always seems to pop up on his victims, out of nowhere, like he can teleport. No, he doesn't. He's just shuffling along, see? How's his progress? Still a ways off. Should I kill him again? Well, just take out his knees again. We'll just restrain him for a minute while I think of something. Be right back. So, his powers only work on teenagers who are too busy thinking about sex to defend themselves? Well, yeah. What are you two, like, gay besties or something? We are not besties. Gay or otherwise. I hate that guy. Maybe that's why- Got your arm! Stop hitting yourself! Stop hitting yourself! What, are you crying? I have an idea! Alice calls her great-uncle Lawrence with her findings and a plan. An unstoppable, but admittedly slow monster- that will seemingly come back ad nauseum? What can the hunter hope to do with so horrible a prospect? Believe it or not, loyal listeners, but we move forward again, this time a whole month into the future, to the newly opened Paris Lake Living Complex. We find a surprisingly familiar sight. Well, Annie, did your kids stop by for a visit? They did, but they had to get going. My grandkids had a babysitter, and they couldn't stay. I know how that is, but we've got the rest of the day to ourselves. That's true. (laughs) Come on, Annie. There's no one around. Let's get busy. I don't know, William. It's just there have been so many murdered sexy teens this summer. 
Uh, only like six or seven. Besides, I can deal with any lunatic with a machete that could show up. Well, okay. Uh... Mason! Mason, my boy. How are you, son? Fine. Annie, put your blouse back on. Mason here is blushing. Not blushing. Oh, don't be foolish, Mason. We're old, not dead. Speak for yourself. Little Willie here is still young and strong. Oh, I can see that. Uh, hello? Is anyone there? Alice, Asmodeus, and Uncle Lawrence come upon this warm scene to find the elderly couple and Mason together on a sun-dappled mid-afternoon at the edge of the lake. Oh, hello, dear. Hello. Uh, we're here to check on the, uh... We are with the, um, temp agency that found your on-site handyman. How are things going, Mason? Yes, how are things working at a retirement village full of randy old folks? Who are always eager to spend time with a nice young man who was powerless to hurt them. Kill me. And so, my dear audience, we come to the perhaps less than thrilling end to another adventure here on Friend of the Family. Wow. I almost feel bad for the guy. I don't. They're old, not dead, and a show is a show. You're disgusting. You're oppressed. You're a Philistine. And a pervert, but I'm not a big fat stupid head! Hello, dear listeners. This is Marjorie Belford, head of the Belford family. I would like to ask you to subscribe, rate, and review Friends of the Family on iTunes. You can also follow us on Tumblr, like us on Facebook, and please visit our website at strangetheletterinunusual.com. And remember, this is not a request. <laughs>